Ready, uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Mamoy, Nita. something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. my fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight your intrepid crew is going to be taking a deep dive into the latest predator film the uh made well, i don't know it wasn't made for tv it just wound up on hulu we're going to be talking about prey uh straight away we'll kick it up to the satellite karen you've seen uh this uh film this latest film in the franchise prey what do you think well larry we're all i think big fans of at least the first film oh yeah in the predator franchise maybe Maybe a little more than the first film. I don't know. We can get into that uh, as we go along here. But, um, yeah, so Prey, kind of, I was not expecting this movie. I, it, I think I only heard about it, you know, maybe a few months ago. And uh, a little surprised. Yeah, it was coming out on Hulu, not mm -hmm. not going in the theaters. So, uh, 
things have changed a lot from the old days. You know, it used to be if you heard something was coming out on video or something was basically anything not going to the theaters, your thoughts were like, oh, okay, this is not going to be very good. It's but crap. now, you know, with streaming, a lot of things are made just for the streaming services and are quite good. So uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect with this. Um, and of course, it was the first one in the franchise to not be some variation of Predator Predators, the Predator, <laughs> da, 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 da. so Prey. Um, I will say, you know, just off the top, I enjoyed it. I uh, I thought it was pretty good. I still think, you know, Predator, the original, isn't a class by itself. Um, but as far as, as this film goes, I did enjoy it. You know, it was entertaining. Um, I thought it was an interesting uh, angle that it took kind of with the main character. And, um, you know, just a very unusual film in the, the Predator uh, cycle. Now, I think it, it'll be... I want to hear from both of you. We can get into the ma main character. We can get into the predator design. We can go into all of that. Um, but, you know, as far as this film goes, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. There's things I, I liked, things I didn't like. Um, all in all, I liked it a lot better than some of the movies in the, in the uh, franchise. Um, I w will say that... Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they should have released it in the theater. Maybe it would have done okay. But, but you know, maybe it's getting more attention just being out um, on Hulu. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's hitting a bigger. It's probably hitting a, a wider audience being on Hulu than it it might have in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd like to hear what you guys think of it. You know. Okay, all right. Yeah, Chief. What do you What do you think? Well, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, no, wait, I did see it. <laughs> I saw it one and a half times. The first time I fell asleep, not due to the movie. I'm just, I'm at that age now where I can't start a movie after nine o'clock or I'll never make it through. Uh, but, uh, that feeling. so yeah, so that was the first time through. And then I watched it again last night for this. And no, I really liked it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was always meant to go to streaming, supposedly the concept went all the way back to like 2016. Mm -hmm. And for a while, it was even called like Skulls. Right. And then it became Prey. But the, the director, Dan Trachtenberg, supposedly didn't want people knowing going in that it was a Predator film. That would have been nice if they could have maintained that it would have been a nice surprise yeah kind of like oh surprise there's a predator in here mm -hmm. but i guess you know the marketing people i'm sure were like hey no it's predator we got to put them, <laughs> put them right on the poster and put them right out front so uh so yeah so it is definitely a predator movie and uh i thought it was good um i was very happy to see the dog survive till the end you know, uh, the first yeah. time I sat and watched it, I couldn't really enjoy it 
until I saw we got to the end and the dog was alive. That kept me I, – I was in such a state of tension over the dog more than anything else right. that I couldn't let myself enjoy it. So then the second time I watched it, it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to make it. So I was relaxed. Well, the thing about it, you know, and I it. think I said it before on the podcast, is usually if filmmakers want to elicit emotion or make you really not like – a creature or monster in a film, first thing they do is kill off the dog. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like John Wick. Yeah, yeah. John Wick. Because yeah. then you're on his side no matter what happens. Yeah, no that'll be brutal. the next movie is Predator's going to kill John Wick's dog and then it's on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I was like very, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised at a lot of things in this movie. Um, the fact that the two main characters were brothers and brother and sister mm-hmm. rather than romantic interests. Yeah. That's unusual. You know, all that romantic stuff didn't get in the way. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward story. You don't have all these subplots and branches going off and you're not like following one storyline and then cutting over to another and then cutting back. And it's just linear storytelling. You're just, following this mm-hmm. one story of this one character who's going after this predator. And uh, and it was a bonus they had quicksand in there. <laughs> I mean, when's the yeah. last time... I mean, growing up, quicksand was everywhere, right? I mean, Lost in Space had quicksand, and you'd be watching Gilligan's Tarzan, Island. and there'd be quicksand. And, Island. <laughs> yeah, Gilligan's Island had quicksand. It was everywhere. And now you never see it, but... They brought it's quicksand kind of disappointing. Although, uh, you know, it's funny because when she got into the quicksand and she pulled herself out and she's all covered with mud, I'm thinking, oh, so the predator's not going to say. I thought that was going to be much more of a mm-hmm. story point. Right. Like, okay, like Arnold in the first one, the predator won't see her because she's covered in mud. But then she goes and just washes it off and everything's cool, but... Yeah, they pulled a little fast one on. Everybody's yeah. expectation was, oh, she's going to have the mud on her, and then the predator's going to show up, and he won't be able to see her. But instead, they were just setting you up for the ending, which well, they, I thought they was did pretty that clever. Kind of a couple times in the movie, because there's also the time where she comes across all the dead water buffalo right. in the field, and you think, oh, man, the predator killed all these water buffaloes. But why would he skin them? He usually, you know, cuts the head off and pulls the spine out or whatever. Um, but then we find out later there was poachers. But I, th- I thought that was a good switch too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I agree with you, Bob. The whole it was refreshing not to have a love story because the first Predator film didn't have a love story. No, mm-hmm. no, you know. And the other thing is, is. You know, when she fell in the the quicksand and was covered in the mud, and I'm like, oh, my God, the dog doesn't have any mud on him. <laughs> Hurry up, dirty up the mud. Man, that dog got away from the bear. Uh, he got away from the poachers. He was integral in the last battle against the predator. He, like, jumped on it. As soon as he jumped on the predator's back, I'm like, oh, no, this is it. This is where he gets it, you know. Yeah, that's a dog you keep. But, you don't eat that dog. No, he... Uh, <laughs> He escaped a few scrapes, so uh, good for him. Sorry, the dog. I, I did read that, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what his name is in real life, but he was a, he was adopted and trained for the film. 
Yeah, I saw that too. Oh, Coco. Coco, yeah. They didn't go out and, you know, get a trained dog or bring a dog trainer in or any of that. He was basically brought in and trained for the movie. Well, it was a, a good little dog because I I bought everything that was going on with the dog in that film. But I'm, well, all three of us have dogs, and I think we're softies for dogs. So. Oh, absolutely. Well, always, always. But, um, yeah, and then, like I say, it was nice to see a movie that's just straightforward. Here it is. Uh-huh. Come follow us. And I thought it was kind of a gutsy move to do a movie based on Indians. Because, I mean, you know, the Washington, uh, was it the Washington Redskins had to change their names and Cleveland Indians had to change their name. There's all this real sensitivity against, uh, against uh, you know, Indian stereotypes. Although in this movie, they did... Most of the cast were all Cherokee, and they did bring in a an expert on the Cherokee race, and uh, made sure Comanche. that they got everything historically accurate. So it was, uh, you know, it was a good film, and I can see how and why they did it. I just think, you know, at some point along the way, some Disney executive or whatever would say, "Wait a second, we can't I, do I Indians." I think what worked in their favor is that they had, you know, this Native American nation before they were put on a reservation and there was a reverence and a respect for these warriors and the culture. It was a Comanche, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and they were fierce and they were smart. And, and sure enough, the female lead, spoiler alert, gets the better of the predator. So I, I don't, I, I didn't take it as like it was a stereotype or, uh, I know there's sensitivity around, you know, using, using the name of, you know, rather, they're American Indians. They're Native Americans. They're not Indians. Indians are from India. Yeah, that whole cliche stuff. But yeah, it was, it was actually refreshing to see that and that you didn't need technology. You know, she had that hatchet and uh, she was very proficient with it. And, you know, uh, spears and, and knives and things. One of the things that kind of got to me, though, is I'm thinking these predators have all this technology and they, they're, they're predators, they're hunters, and they cheat with, with all their stealth technology. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you guys aren't, and only at the end do they like take all the, you know, equipment off and it's like, okay, mano a mano. Well, I think one of the interesting things in in this particular case, this predator didn't have like the shoulder mounted cannon. You know, he had the device that shot out the uh, like homing arrows, you know, so his mask would shoot the the targeting, uh, uh, the red, you know, laser target and then he would shoot from his wrist those homing arrows. So he didn't have the plasma cannon or whatever it was. Um, but, but again, like to your point, even in the first film, like people, I think, kind of forget this because you hear people talking about this new film and they'll say, well, you know, she's too small to go up against the predator. It's never been about physical might because even 
Arnold couldn't physically go up against the original predator. It was his traps. Right. You know, he, he outsmarted it by putting it in a position to get in those traps and catch it that way. And, you know, that's kind of been the whole thing about it is these creatures are just, you know, one, they're physically too big. And then two, like you said, they've got, you know, all these technological things. And yeah, they kind of cheat with the invisibility screen and all the other stuff. So you got to outsmart them. Well, I know the director, too, was saying that uh, he wanted to go back to the original Predator and have a character that, you know, obviously was no match, but could watch and observe and then come up with these ways to uh, to battle it, you know, whether it's traps or, you know, the hatchet or whatever, and um, and even turning his own weapon against him mm-hmm. there at the end. Now, yeah. I saw those those arrows or whatever just, like, zipping all over the place. I thought Yondu was going to be in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's smart. She lures it into that bog and the quicksand and you know has the mask all set up and uh to me it's very you know it's a different technique but the whole idea is just the same as what arnold did in the original film you know (laughs) she just figures out a way to to use its own strengths against it trap it and yeah get rid of it you know that was that was part of the fun of of the danny glover character too in the second one I, I, I love the first film 150%, but the second one's grown on me over the years. And I think it's closer to the whole concept of, of what the predator is and, you know, versus one of us than, than the other films for me. Some people love the mm-hmm. other films and that's cool too. Um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it in Comanche. I, I didn't have the time to do that, but I do want to go back and check that out. Um, I, I enjoyed this. I, I think it's like one, two, and then Prey is going to be my top three Predator um, films. And, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, getting off topic for a minute So I, before I forget, with all the streaming and not streaming and then HBO Max and then, you know, Ezra and, and the Flash movie and then them taking away the Batgirl because it was, you know, financial tax incentive. And, uh, you know, Fox owns the predator but then disney owns fox so maybe that had something to do with their decision hulu was boasting how their numbers you know were so big people tuning in to watch prey um i I just wonder you know if it would have done well at the box office for two or three weeks yeah it's hard to say there's i don't feel like there's a lot of competition for it right now but i know i was looking at one article and they said historically the predator movies haven't done huge box office but you know again it's a different time it's a different story and who knows maybe maybe it could have done well Well, and we also have like all these streaming services all fighting each other for survival yeah yeah some are just kind of hanging on so i think what they're doing is you know they'll pick a movie or a franchise or something, and then, you know, okay, this, we're going to use this to prop up Hulu. We're going to use that to prop up HBO Max. Or we're going to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now, th- this film, it, it got a worldwide release. Yeah. Some countries got Hulu, some on Hulu Plus. Uh, I think some got it on Stars. 
the Star Disney Plus. Star. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess it all depends on that region's streaming service that has to, you know, that's connected. I mean, Disney and Hulu obviously are connected. And I think it was probably a little too, a little too mature for Disney Plus. <laughs> Although, you know, we'll see, we'll see what they do with, uh, with things like, uh, you know, I haven't watched She-Hulk yet. I'm, I intend to do that after this, but you know, they're doing a Daredevil series, you know, and that was they pretty are. dark on uh, Netflix. I'm well, do they lighten did, it up or do they, you know, stretch the did, envelope a little bit or what? Have you guys noticed that Disney Plus has added Logan yeah. and Deadpool? I mean, they've added R-rated movies. Yeah. Um, and you have to go in and change your preferences and, you know. And put a pin. Uh, I have to put a pin to, you know, verify that I can watch adult content. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you can? I, well, I, uh, at least uh, the last time I checked. I, Did I you have to get like Lieutenant Jasmine to sign off on that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's Larry's permission slip. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I saw that, and then they were, um, what was it? Um, what was it, Mandalorian? It was Book of Boba Fett, where Mando was in that episode, and he chopped off that guy's head and threw it on the table. And I was like, whoa, whoa okay, we're it's, doing that now. It's no escape to Witch Mountain, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, well, there's hope that Kurt Russell will show up on a Disney <laughs> For a movie or TV show, you know th things could be loosening up too because <laughs> I know with like The Walking Dead, they were allowed one f bomb per season, <laughs> and that was it. And then we watched uh, Tales of the Walking Dead. We watched the first two episodes, and there were f bombs sprinkled throughout. So yeah. I think that's like, like I said, Star Trek I think, Discovery. I think they're trying to loosen up a little bit. Oh, basically um, yeah I noticed that too Bob Jazz and I were watching the first uh, Tales of the Walking Dead we haven't watched the second one yet there's just so much content out there I, I, I can't keep up with I it know. you know it's like you get home and it's like oh my god I'm so tired like Bob I fall asleep not because I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I'm see that, that's the thing too because okay you know there's all these TV series that, you know, okay, you want to see this one or you want to see that one or you can't get time for this one. But here's a Predator movie. It's one movie, hour and 40 minutes, and it's right there on Hulu. Mm -hmm. You know, people can do Because a lot of times I won't start a series just because, oh, I'm busy this week. I don't have time to watch, you know, to binge through an episode right. or two a night. But a movie, I can, I can squeeze a movie in. That's yeah. nice, too, because you can sit there and you go, hey, you know what? Instead of going out, why don't we order a pizza and we'll just sit and watch this movie on Hulu? And, you know, it's it's also a cheap date night because you don't <laughs> have to go out and you don't have to buy all this stuff. You can just – it's like you're already paying for Hulu, so you're not paying extra, True. you know, and it's right there. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's nice to not have to say, well, I'm going to make a commitment to watch these 10 episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, too, because, you know, HBO Max has done it and Disney Plus has done it where maybe they have a new movie on there. But you have to pay a, an extra fee above yeah. and beyond your monthly fee to see this particular movie. 
Yeah, that sucks. Hulu was just on there and it was free and here you go. Well, I think that goes back to what you were saying about, you know, these streaming wars. They they have to have content to drive people or to keep people, you know, subscribing. So they say, hey, we're just going to, you know, drum up a lot of publicity for this. We know people loved Predator. Let's Let's get them, you know, to hang in there and we'll just really promote the heck out of this thing and it, well, it doesn't hurt that it's a it's a pretty good movie yeah you know? I, I was gonna say having been burned in the last three or four predator movies i was not gonna watch this i was like Pfft. and um you know i don't really go with what critics say but you're you're looking online you're checking twitter and facebook and then you talk to your friends and it was like a mostly positive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, review and, and comments. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me check this out. And I was pleasantly surprised. So, you know, bef- before we get too far away from the movie, there's two things I wanted to talk with you guys about for sure. Mm-hmm. One is supporting cast because the original predator and even some of the follow-up movies one of the things about those films are the supporting cast. And I, I kind of feel like there wasn't much supporting cast in Prey. And then the other thing we have to talk about is the redesign oh, of yeah. the Predator. Uh, good point. I think the dog was like the secondary cast for most <laughs> of this film for me. It was like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I mean, you know, probably besides her and the dog... Uh, her brother would be the next in line in, ca- in the cast, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I guess he was played by what Dakota Beavers, and uh, yeah, he uh, he was good. I mean, he was great at the end when he comes flying in on that horse, and you know, oh, yeah. predators like shooting things at him, and he's like ducking and leaning back and everything else. And I heard that uh, the expert on the Comanche race that they had basically read the first script and said, there are no horses in this thing. (laughs) Horses were very important to the Comanche people. Right. So you got to put some horses in. And that's when the horses came in. And that's when that whole, you know, end scene with with her brother riding the horse came in. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was really good. And, you know. That was also his first acting job. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. so I thought he did pretty well for that being his first time in a, a you know, motion picture. Yeah, and then Amber Midthunder, who uh, who played, uh, was it uh, Naru, mm-hmm. the main Comanche? Um, but I thought she did a great job. I mean, she pretty she pretty much had to carry the entire movie, right? Yeah, you know, on her own because. Once she leaves the tribe and she goes off searching for the predator, aside from meeting up with the poachers or meeting up with, you know, her other Comanche tribe members here and there, she's it. Her and the dog. And that's it for, I'd say, at least, what, three quarters of the movie? Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed, you know... Mr. Cry at the drop of a dime here. Um, I, I I didn't have enough time to get emotionally invested with the brother or or the other young warriors that the predator just plowed through. Um, 
Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not as emotional as I thought, but I just felt <laughs> that they didn't develop the secondary cast as mm-hmm. well as, oh, well, and granted, I didn't cry when, when, you know, those folks died in the first Predator film, Carl Weathers and Jesse Ventura. But there was definitely an emotional, you know, hit to the gut, like, oh no, they, you know, they got him and mm-hmm. this one was like oh well so sad too so you know the brother's gone all right well the uh, attachment is to the dog and then you know I, there you go <laughs> you got so. enough emotions like when he's running from the bear or you know he's right. chained up, or not chained up but roped up by the posters yeah. and things like that right. it's like yeah when he when he had that bear after him i was like oh you better not kill the dog <laughs> i was like really invested at that point you know yeah. And, you know, it was kind of because of the stories that my mother would tell me. Um, she's from a, a reservation in, in North Dakota. And, um, you know, just historically poaching of the buffalo like that, that was that was kind of a hard scene for me to watch and just to see. And, you know, they, they almost wiped out the American buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um you know, thankfully that that's not the case, but that that was kind of like striking to see something like that. But to get to your point, uh, your your other point, Karen, the the design of this predator kind of reminded me of the, the still photos of Jean of uh, Claude Van Damme and that styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I gotta say, you know, I, I thought the. When they had the little skull helmet on him and everything, I was like, eh, okay, you know. And they took that off, and it was like, what the fuck happened to his face? Uh, it and was... I thought he had like a hide, you know, some skin drawn over it or something. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, maybe they all have their own eclectic, you know, little kind of hunting style. But I, you know, I, someone I, had made the, I think it was you, Karen, you know, why mess with perfection? You yeah, know, you got something this. online. You got a classic design from Stan Winston with these incredible the mandibles, but what really sells that whole face is you still have the actor's eyes, and mm-hmm. and that's what gives it life. When you see the Predator in the first film, you've got Kevin Peter Hall, and and like he's looking at Arnold and doing stuff with his eyes, and that combined with the movement, this is the one thing that I think doesn't put prey over the top for me is that in Predator. The predator has a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, he does things like the way he looks around and then sometimes he mimics the voices of the other characters. He mimics like Billy's laugh and stuff. You know that he's, you know, he's really into this hunt. He's right. enjoying himself and stuff. I don't get any personality from the predator in Prey. Plus, his face is just such an abomination. I don't know what they did with the mandibles. His eyes look like they're about a foot apart. Yeah, I just it's like, why? Why would you screw it up like that? Well, I think they have to they have to do things to make him different just because, you know, as we as we have evolved since the 1700s, they have to have evolved as well. Unless they they time travel and they can say, all right, I'm going to go back to, you know the Comanche days of 1791 and hunt over there, or I'm going to go wherever. Um, yeah, they, they have to show some kind of evolution well, in the they Predators. Just, I, I mean, some of the other movies have shown variations in appearance with, you know, skin tone or the modeling or, you know, they've done things to distinguish them. But 
it's like the the change they did with the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery. It was like, what the actual? I mean, they don't even look like Klingons anymore. And it's to me, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you can change it up, you can vary it, but you know, when you go so far away from the design that you're just sitting there going like, what? What is this? Like, it doesn't make any sense anymore. That it's a problem for me. Well, did you have that reaction first time you saw Star Trek, the motion picture, and here's these Klingons with all the ridges on their heads and everything? You know, the thing about that was like, I had been prepared to know that, oh, we have a bigger budget, so we're doing that. And I thought they looked kind of goofy. But I could kind of say, oh, well, okay, bigger budget. So the fact that they went from no makeup to makeup, it was like, oh, okay. But to go from a design, a really cool design, to a shitty design is, I mean, let's face it, the Klingons in Star Trek, the TV show, were just guys with dark paint and a beard. They look like people. They just look like Earth people. They, to me, there's no real design there. Because they have no money. They don't do anything with them. So it's like, oh, anything they do is an improvement, basically. With Predator, you already have one of the best designs ever for an alien. And then you're going to do all this weird shit with it and put the mandibles like way out on the sides, the eyes. He just looks like he's had some sort of horrible accident. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he did. Maybe, you know, maybe he's a handicapped predator. I I appreciate Bob trying to rationalize. Yeah. You know, I, I get that. Part of the problem with, with, because, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, well, is, is it a, you know, it hasn't evolved into the Arnold version, but the, the Comanche looked like we look today. I mean, they didn't have like a third ear or something. So I think, and maybe Predator Evolution doesn't take millions of years. Maybe it just takes like, you know, a couple hundred years. Well, uh, you know, you guys, yeah, it's science fiction. They could have had different species. They could have. I'm just saying the original Predator looks way cooler than... Well, see, too, if if you're trying to take the Predator race back a few hundred years, and, okay, let's say, you know, the original idea would be, well, they're going to use spears and knives and things. Well, they came in a spaceship. (laughs) So they've got to have some, you know, advanced technology. You know, you're not going to fly all the way to a planet in a spaceship and then jump off with some spears and knives. Well, maybe it's like an Enterprise where the Zindi had four different variations oh, right. of the species. So maybe this predator was like a, a water predator. You know, they could have totally different. They could use genetics and mutate themselves. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I'm just saying from a standpoint of a viewer wanting to see like a really cool makeup. Yeah. I, I was disappointed. And oh, I know yeah. some I, of it was real and some of it was CGI, but whatever, the design disappointed me. It was still a good movie. I agree with you. And, yeah, and it was still a good movie. Predator ran around and jumped and did stuff. But yeah, that face to me was just like, ah, missed opportunity. Yeah, the other thing, I mean, because it is iconic. And and uh, actually, I fell asleep in the latest Jurassic Park. I haven't gone back to watch it. but it didn't <laughs> You're not missing it. anything. Don't start those oh, movies okay. after 9 o'clock, I'm telling you. I know, right, Bob? But, <laughs> but Especially with like a beer or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the T-Rex and all the other dinosaurs, they, you know, looked like 
the, the first film, they didn't really, and, and granted it's only been like a decade or two or three or whatever, not hundreds of years, but, um, I don't know if, if something works, you don't really, you know, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. I mean, they kept the look Darth Vader and, um, um, Rogue One, I, you know, just aesthetically, that's what we, and, and I'll tell you just as an aside, you take someone as iconic as Dr. Doom for comic book fans and they put him in those Fantastic Four movies. And it's like, why did you make an organic I know. version of, you, you know, it's like, it's like Colossus and it's like, right. what the hell? But anyway, I, I digress. Sorry about that, kids. Um, well, that could even be the next Predator movie would be Predator versus Dr. Doom. <laughs> Some predator lands in Latveria and it's on. You know, well, this Disney this, owns everything now. Yeah, I mean, well, Disney, I, Disney could cross over everybody. Phase six, we're going to find out. Ant Man versus Predator. Could happen. And then, you know, if you watch the boys, that, that fight oh. could be real quick. I if uh, Ant Man's willing to, to take the plunge. <laughs> Apparently, that's what he has to explain away in his book. Scott Lang has to explain why he didn't kill Thanos that way. Well, you know. Missed opportunity. Missed mm -hmm. opportunity. It just didn't cross my mind. <laughs> um, or it's just too damn gross. I don't want to do it. It could be. Who would? Uh, let me ask you guys, was the bear CGI or was it real or a combination of the it two? It was terrible CGI. I <laughs> I think this movie would have benefited from a slightly larger budget. Mm. Um, I think it looks really great when they're showing the landscape because it's beautiful country. I think they filmed up in Canada, Western Canada, and it looks gorgeous. But I think some of it where you start to see the lack of money is some of the scenes with the animals because the, mm -hmm. they're CGI and it looks a little wobbly. So is the bear better or worse than uh, in the Hulk? Are you talking Lou Ferrigno? Yeah. Where they Lou just Ferrigno, have like a, he, he fought a bear. Where they have like a bear skin that he just throws. <laughs> Big stuff. Um, it's a toss up. Hey, they, neither of them are as good as Lon Chaney Jr. in The Wolfman. I, I give you that. We had an actual bear. I don't know which was more drunk, Lon Chaney or the bear, but, you know. There, there is, again, going off topic, <laughs> but there's this wonderful interview of, uh, of Roddy Roddy Piper. We talked about when they live. And uh, maybe I just told the story then about the bear. And yes, he you had did. The bear with the <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, we have yeah, bears think, on the brain. I think it would be interesting if, if they would continue the prey version of the franchise with more, if you will, prequels in, in different, um, parts of the world, you know, feudal mm -hmm. Japan would be interesting. A predator going against the samurai or, a or, um, you know, a, a Roku or, um, uh, anyway, Ronan. Ronan, yeah, sorry, not Roku. Ronan. Predator um, better not touch my Roku. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think sorry. that 
it's almost the commander's bedtime, so uh, the gray matter's not firing the way it should. <laughs> I think that's kind of what they would have to do because the predator is just sort of a limited concept. But then if you change it up, you know, you have to put it like, well, we'll put it in a another time period. We'll put it in a different place for different protagonists. Right. I mean, the Predator is pretty static. It's just like, here's this alien with all these weapons. So what can you do with that? Yeah, put him yeah. on a pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Wow. Now, I do Walk wonder because plane. speaking of pirate ships, so so the gun yeah. in this, right? Yeah. She gets the gun from the uh, translator guy. Mm-hmm. That's the same gun that shows up in Predator 2 that mm-hmm. Danny Glover gets. Now, that would – he gets that gun from the elder Predator on board the ship. So somehow the Predators get that gun back. That, with, that's what I'm saying. Possible sequel. I don't well, know. With her or, you know. What. That's what I think a lot of people are wondering. Are we going to get Prey 2 and does that mean – they come back looking for Junior, and he's not around. Yeah. <laughs> well, you supposedly know. there's a Predator comic that's like a uh, a prequel to Predator Two, and mm-hmm. that's where that the translator is actually a character from that comic. Oh. And he's and he's given the gun, I believe, by by one of the Predators. I know Dark Horse had a whole bunch of Predator comics, and they fleshed out a lot of stories that were kind of in between the different movies. Yeah. So, but but, I mean, I just thought it was interesting that they they plucked this one character out of Mm -hmm. the comic and put him in the movie. I guess the comic I'm looking here was uh, Predator 1718. So, they Mm. probably just figured, oh, he's in that timeline. Let's bring him in. Well, that the gun really set up this whole se- or prequel because it had that inscription on it. When Danny Glover looks at it, it has the guy's name and it says like 1715 on it. Mm-hmm. So I guess they figured, oh, well, we'll set this in 1718 or what was it, 1719, I think. And, you know, so I, maybe we're going to start following this gun around. I don't know. You know, maybe the Predators come back and they take the gun from her somehow. Maybe she has to fight again. Maybe they wind up giving it to somebody else. Who knows? But that was also interesting. The guns, you know, obviously they're historically accurate in the movie. And it's like, all right, they take like one or two shots and then they have to sit there and like (laughs) gunpowder and smash it down. and And even when she was getting the pistol ready, you know, she had to, put just the right amount of gunpowder in there and then she had to pack the things in and then first time it doesn't work so she's got to go back and do it you know just right it's like very different than most of the movies with AK-47s and whatever there's just mm-hmm. you know right. rapid fire machine guns basically well, so the type of guns that our founding fathers had and I won't say any more about that but as as much as I enjoyed this film I still think a better movie would have been an older Arnold in a cabin in the Peruvian jungle or Venezuela or wherever the first film We could took still place. do it. Or maybe maybe even Colorado, just stuck up like like um Jamie Lee Curtis in the latest Halloween iteration, those movies 
where Arnold, she's Arnold at. would be out there and it'd be like, hey, they shot all the action scenes in slow motion. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think he he could be an advisor to a younger character. Mm-hmm. Somebody, they're like, nobody has seen Dutch Schaefer in, you know, 20 years, but he knows something and they, mm-hmm. you know, they go looking for him. And then he finally is like, all right, I tell you what I know, you know, and they need his help. Because, yeah, yeah, realistically, Arnold just turned 75. And, I mean, he's in amazing shape for a 75-year-old dude, but he's not going to be swinging from tree branches and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I wasn't implying that. I was just saying oh, it's nice to have him. But, yeah. uh, but then again, if Jamie Lee Curtis can shoot Michael Myers, I'm sure Arnold could have got a shot or two off. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well. Um, or he could build a trap again. Could. Maybe he has traps built around his cabin. Or, yeah. he could, or he could just walk around the whole movie with mud all over himself. <laughs> could. Could have. Yeah, hey. Possibility. I don't leave the cabin without mud on me. There's no. mud on your face. <laughs> Still one of the eye. ugliest mother... Beep, beep. But, eh. He doesn't want to do it. Wait, well, wait. Yeah. you know, he did want to do it. And but. nobody would pay him what he wanted, yeah. About so, money. Which is crazy to me. Well, that, that's why we don't have our Planet 8 cable channel. No one's willing to pay us some money. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. What are they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why they won't just pay us. That Planet 8 crew, they're all too old for this demographic. <laughs> yeah. We need someone younger and more jiggly. <laughs> <laughs> I, was talk- I, I don't know. I think Commander Larry and I will get pretty jiggly as we get older. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty damn jiggly right now, but just in the wrong places. <laughs> so there we go. We lost Commander Larry. He's choking on the joke. I, I had to silence my mic. <laughs> um. Well, and any last words, any thoughts on on the movie Prey or the Predator franchise or uh, anything of that nature? We're going to, if not, we're going to jump into our sensor sweep. I'll just say it's always nice when you have a movie series, let's say, over more than a trilogy. Yeah. And you can still get a movie as good as this. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, it's kind of like the Abbott and Costello films where some of them were kind of and then towards the tail end of their career, they come up with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which I think is like a great uh, Abbott and Costello film. And I think this Prey movie kind of falls into that. If they do another one, will it be as good? There you go. You can do another period piece and have Abbott and Costello meet the Predator. (laughs) (laughs) And I would pay to go see that movie. (laughs) You know, you never know. I I will say I was pleasantly surprised. I always have kind of a skeptical outlook on things. No. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? But (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised. And so I would just, to anybody out there who hasn't seen it thinking about seeing it i would say hey it's it's worth a an hour and 40 minutes of your time make some popcorn sit back and enjoy it it's it's uh, worth uh sitting your butt on the couch for yeah you know 
And uh, hopefully, you know, maybe this will continue and we'll get some more good Predator films. If not, we still have at least three, maybe four that are pretty decent. So, you know. Uh, I will say, uh, just kind of in the vein of the American Indian uh, folks in this movie, Jazz and I watched a series called Dark Winds. I'm pretty sure it's Dark Winds. And uh, there's no Predators in it, but it was a very well-made uh who done it if you will and it was a predominantly american indian cast mm. um so if you're into that kind of who done it uh it's a uh, five or six episodes um they there may or may not be a witch doctor slash witch cursing people uh, in that series but it was it was a lot of fun what's it on i want to say uh a and e yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to say it was A and E. Um, so you deal with some commercials and stuff, unless you have the platinum or premium or whatever, um, which we don't have. But it was a fun little, you know, series. Dark wins. Okay. Wins. Yes. So I am very excited because I got a, a previs of uh, tonight's censor sweep. Uh, without further ado, Chief. Take it away. You all, you got a little preview of part of it. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if people have been listening to us for a long, long time and heard one of our earlier episodes where Larry had mentioned getting the Zuni Warrior at, uh, that was WonderCon, right? Uh, Monster Palooza. Monster Palooza, that's right. And I was saying, if anyone has a Zuni warrior that you can get rid of, let me know. And nobody took me up on that. So a couple weeks ago, we were at Creatures Con. Um, Lieutenant Debbie and I were at the uh, table. And uh, she goes, oh, look, points across the, the aisle. And there, in all its glory, was a mint inbox Zuni Warrior from Hollywood Collectors Group. And this is like number 363 of 500, I think it was. And uh, yeah, I I grabbed it without hesitation. I went over there and I was just like, you know, oh, hey, the, the Zuni Warrior is up for sale. Yeah, how much is it? Oh, okay, I'll take it. It was like, you know, no bartering, nothing. Just like, yeah, give, it, give it to me now. Bob, I anguished a, a day and a half over spending the money for that. And it was Karen that was like, just get it. You'll, you'll regret it. I, was, I wasn't going to, I mean, I missed out on it because I saw that mm. while you, while you were agonizing over it, I was as well. And you agonized probably just about <laughs> you know a minute or two shorter than I did. But yeah, so now I wasn't going to let anybody else get this one. Somebody told me there was one in the other dealer's room, but it was like, Missing parts, and I'm like, oh man, mm. it's probably missing the chain. <laughs> I'm not I buying that chain. one. Can't you get right. it without the chain? You're taking your chances. <laughs> but also, you know, a few, couple weeks later, uh, we had our Godzilla Fest at the Balboa Theater, and uh, one of my main suppliers, my buddy Kevin D'Antonio sold me an X-plus gigantic d Shin Godzilla. And this thing, you know, it's like I'm not a big 
fan of Shin Godzilla, but this thing was so crazy looking, I had to get it. <laughs> and it was the special Rick version, which lit up. And this thing lights up nice and bright. So uh, I'll take some pictures for the uh, yeah for the website here, and uh, as well as pictures of the Zuni Warrior. But to get a Zuni Warrior and a really cool deformed Shin Godzilla within a couple weeks of each other, that was just so cool. Awesome. And then uh, I also yeah. dropped a bunch of money on my friend Barry. Barry Evans came in and he had a bunch of Godzilla figures. I ended up buying, uh, let's see, there was a, there's a Shin Godzilla. Oh, no, yeah, there's a Shin Godzilla, a reproduction of a Bullmark King Ghidorah. There's a 65 Godzilla doing the She dance or She dance from uh, Monster Zero. There's mm. a Gamera from Gamera 3 and uh, a couple other Godzillas. There's like six figures in all. And, uh, yeah, we were sitting over there in the corner of the lobby of the theater and uh, he's like, well, I'll give you these three for this much and these two for this much. And I said, well, what if we take this one out and then we take this one over here and put this one here? And, <laughs> yeah, we, we were there for a good five, ten minutes just shuffling <laughs> around figures, both vinyl and money, <laughs> <laughs> to figure out what the final sale would be. But, um, yeah, needless to say, um, I won't be spending anything for a while. But <laughs> but then again, Andrew. the Super Toy Shows this weekend yes, out is. at the Alameda County Fairgrounds. So I say that now, but we'll see what happens <laughs> in a couple days. Dun, dun, dun. I could have a whole new batch of stuff to talk about at the next sensor Suite. <laughs> oh, my. Commander we'll Larry, are you going to the Toy Show this week? I am going, but um, I don't know. We'll, and maybe we'll you'll have the next sensor sweep. <laughs> we we may have to have a shared sensor sweep, Bob. <laughs> well, we'll meet up and we'll go halves on something. There you go. Just just no uh, creature statues, life size. Oh man! Did you see another one popped up? I think I sent you the link. I, yeah, I, I saw that. That was oh, funny. Oh my god. Well, kids, as always, it was a good time, good discussion. Um, for our listeners out there, thank you very much for listening and sticking with us and, you know, taking a look at all our uh, our uh, interweb little uh, tweets and, and Facebook posts and, and now Instagram, um, of course, YouTube. So uh, 100% more Instagram. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um. But anyway, we appreciate you guys. You guys stay safe. Until we see you next time, peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.
want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. 